It's Thursday and time for the Lisa Lewis Show. Imagine that you're at a seminar or conference and you find out the person sitting next to you is the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. What questions do you want to ask? What key strategies are you looking for in order to take your business or career to the next level? That's what you'll discover on today's Lisa Lewis Show. Heard every Thursday at the same time on the TogiNet Radio Network. Now on today's show, here is your host, Lisa Lewis. Rise and shine, all of my movers and influencers. Thank you so much for keeping the dial here on TogiNet Radio. Today is Thankful Thursday here on the Lisa Lewis Show. And I'm your host, Lisa Lewis. And we are so very thankful to have all of you listeners and followers here with us today. Well, we have a good one for you. The topic of this one-hour podcast is effective event planning. And as you all know, I love putting together events, big or small. So check out our website. Head over to Lisa Lewis Company. Dot com. Also, you can email us at lisalewiscompany at gmail.com, and you can call contact the office directly at 210-240-8845, and we do offer complimentary 30-minute uh, um, uh, conferences in case you'd like to discuss your next event. We'd be happy to um, host that for you. Well, the hectic yet rewarding world of event planning, right? Chances are, if you are listening to this podcast, you're starting your first major foray into such a venture. Whether you're forming an event planning team at work or opening your own event planning business, such as I have, you need guidance on how a major event comes together, all the way from event management software to selecting an event planner or caterer. So I'm here to help. (laughs) In the past, I've written uh, guides focusing on individual event issues as well as components, but this time I wanted to dig deeper. I've created this comprehensive guide on how to plan an event from start to finish. It's jam-packed with instructions, tips, and software recommendations to keep your event planning organized and on track. So iTunes it, listen to it, and then download it and reference it whenever it's time to kick off your planning process. Ready? Let's dive in. Today's topic on today's topics, we'll be ta- discussing things such as develop a vision for your event, put your team together, create an event budget, choose your venue and date, identify and engage event partners and sponsors, Develop your event branding, develop and deploy your event marketing campaign, determine your tech needs, identify and hire other vendors, and final preparations. Now on to how to plan a successful event. First up, develop a vision for your event. Your vision is the foundation of your event. It's a breakdown of what you'd like to see go into and come out of your event and can touch on speakers, revenue, attendees, and media attention. To get started, you have to know where you're going. How can you figure that out? By asking three questions that'll establish your vision. First up, 
what is your ultimate goal for this event? This is the why that got you or your client moving in the first place. Are you hoping to raise money for a cause, launch a product, increase brand awareness, a combination of smaller goals? Determine what you hope to accomplish and why this event is the way and why this event is the way to do that. Number two, how many attendees do you hope to attract? If the event is an annual affair, aim for year-over-year year growth in attendee numbers. If it's the first time you're hosting an event of this kind, excuse me, it's even more important to nail down a target attendee number so you can measure success and create a budget more on that later. Research attendee data for similar events hosted within the past few years to get an idea of what to expect. And number three, how much revenue are you hoping to collect from this event? Like the attendee question, your aim should be year-over-year year growth. Answering this question will help you establish your budget and lay out what you need to make in order to recoup expenses. While they're often what springs to mind when you think of event planning and one of the more fun aspects of the process, choosing themes, colors, and branding for your event come later. Keep yourself focused at the outset and lay out the justification for your event. Record everything and keep your notes organized in your preferred project management software app. Next up is put your team together. Once you build your event vision, it's time to start assembling a team that'll make your vision possible. However, hiring team members isn't as simple as asking a few volunteers to hang banners up and sign in guests. As the events director, you're responsible for filing the various roles reporting to you, including those that require specific technical skills. While not applicable to every event, the chart that I'm going to read is a good overview of roles you may need to staff. So these are probably some of the people that would be under you as the event planner, uh, such as uh, the program coordinator. They're in charge usually of entries, ceremonies, publishing, tabulation of results, and computer scores. The venue coordinator is usually in charge of venue bookings, setup team, risk management, signage, and environment control. The equipment coordinator is usually in charge of sound equipment, equipment maintenance, and transport. Promotions coordinator is usually in charge of the media liaison, pub uh, publicity, advertising, promotional events, and the media kit. The officials coordinator usually is in charge of umpires, referees, marshals, master of ceremonies. Hospitality coordinator is usually responsible for sponsor liaison, catering, reception of dignitaries. And the merchandising coordinator usually takes care of sales teams, giveaways, and outfitting of volunteers. If you're not sure where to begin searching for candidates, uh, then um, there is a talent management blog that you can Google, and that offers a host of helpful resources, including a list of 10 industry-specific job boards. 
with relevant fields such as media, communications, and technology. Once you've contacted and interviewed your candidates, then you can follow up to make your final decisions. And you'll also want to have that something that's always been useful to me is a list of important follow-up questions. So, um, you know, whatever questions that would get you the best candidates on your team is the kind of questions that you want to um, formulate and um, articulate to the candidates. After you put your team together, establish communication channels to focus um, on successful collaboration and healthy dynamics. And um, I found uh, chat software like Slack um, to be very useful. It's a team-based work management software, as well as Rike, W-R-I-K-E. And also uh, the old reliable Google Hangouts <laughs> are also other uh, great communication options. Keep in mind though, that it isn't enough to implement a new communication system and hope your team performs well together. As team leader, it's important for you to foster these relationships through group activities and exercises. Next up is create an event budget. Uh, there's that word, right? Depending on your point of view, finances are either the most exciting or the dullest aspect of event management. Regardless of where you fall, finances are arguably the most important component. No money no event. <laughs> and so um, what I usually do is do a pie diagram and um, I, I, the numbers that have been working best for me is I put about 11% for software, 25% uh, for AV, 21% um, for a speaker, if there is one, 7% for catering, and 35% for venue. And this is just what I've found to, that has worked uh, you know, for best for me. So your pie chart would be uh, different depending on what kind of event you're hosting. And whether you're making the business case for having an event at all, putting on an event for a client, or planning out the finances for an approved event is a thorough budget crisis sometimes. So um, here's a list of key expenses to include in your budget that I've found very helpful. First up is the venue, as we talked about, that's the room rentals, the security deposit, and parking. AV, projectors, internet Wi-Fi, speakers, microphones, cameras. Catering, bartenders, servers, food, beverages, linens, table settings, and marketing. If you're using uh, social media marketing software, print materials and design work, registration management software. Under entertainment falls musicians, DJs, speaker fees, associated housing and transportation costs for those speakers, and miscellaneous, your catch-all category. Include venue decor, seating, additional event staff, taxes, and fees. To help organize your budget and streamline it, uh, its creation, check out um, different event budget um, templates that are out there on the market. So listen, if you're just tuning in, we're so thankful to have you on this thankful Thursday here on the Lisa Lewis Show. And I'm your host, Lisa Lewis. And we always love getting your feedback, so keep that coming. And you can always email us at lisa lewis company 
at gmail.com. You can also head over to the website and check out everything that's going on in our world at lisalewiscompany.com. And you can call us directly at the office at 210-240-8845. On the other side of the break, we will continue with the podcast uh, topic of the hour, which is Excuse me, effective event planning. Stay tuned and we'll be back with more. You can catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. But who wants to catch a fly? Flies are squick and repulsive. Flies have two wings, while all other insects have four. And they beat their wings 200 times per second. That's faster than a hummingbird. Flies jump up and backwards when taking off with an average speed of 5 miles per hour. What's the word for that annoying buzzing sound flies make? Pretinency. Pestologists tell us that flies' favorite color is red. Flies have kinesophobia. That's the fear of movement. So simply hang a plastic bag filled with water to keep the flies away. My only question would be, would a fly without wings be called a walk? It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Welcome back, all of my movers and influencers. Thank you so much for keeping the dial here on TogiNet Radio. Well, today is Thankful Thursday here on the Lisa Lewis Show, and I am your host, Lisa Lewis. And we are so very thankful to have all of you listeners and followers with us here every week. Um, Well, we have another good one for you today, and the topic of today's hour podcast is Effective event planning. So we will continue on with the list. Next up is choose your venue and date. You've established your budget, so it's time to go venue hunting. Before you start searching, 
make a list of key practicalities. These should be mandated by your event vision. Reference, um, excuse me, reference uh, to this podcast frequently while you're looking and touring because, again, a lot of times we forget uh, certain things. And so, like I said, just go over to iTunes and search The Lisa Lewis Show and download this podcast and reference uh, to it frequently as needed. Uh, so here are a few suggestions to get your list brainstorming session started. What kind of parking will you need? Will you need your own AV equipment or will the venue provide it? Does the venue have adequate cell reception throughout or will you need to provide a Wi-Fi connection or hotspot? How much floor space do you need? Do you need an open space or segmented areas in rooms? If the latter, how many rooms do you need? How far in advance does this venue book? Is it available in the window you're looking for? What are the deposit, cancellation, and refund policies? And above all, make sure that you understand and um, comprehend any contract before you sign it. Uh, feel free if you're there and they want you to sign it on the spot, all, you can always say, well, I have to go and refer to my partner or um, I, you know, uh, I have to refer to my team. That way you're not on the spot to sign it right there just in case you need another set of eyes to look it over in order to um, dot the eyes and cross the T's, right? <laughs> and also um, another thing, sometimes people think that um, – you know, when you think of a venue or when you think to do an event, you think that the venue can be last. And that's so far from the truth. As soon as you know that you want to have an event, and, and pick a date. And then depending on the type of event you want, you want to start looking for venues. Because like I tell people, while you're thinking on doing something, other people are planning to do something. So it is always a good idea to um, you know, once as soon as you know you're having an event, uh, you can think of the theme and colors later, but secure a date and then make sure that you can secure the right venue for you. Uh, next up is identify and engage event partners and sponsors. To stretch your budget and increase your reach, corporate sponsors and community partners are the way to go. In addition to helping you cut costs, buy-in from larger players can open up advertising and attendee exposure, avenues you may not have had access to before, add stability to a smaller operation, and increase your chance for success. With more benefactors in the mix, your event poses a much smaller financial risk to your company or event firm. When you're ready to speak uh, or seek uh, sponsors and partners, follow these four tips. First up, understand their marketing objectives. Are prospective sponsors and partners looking for an opportunity to improve their public image? Do they want exclusivity in advertising? It's important to know the answers to these questions when seeking sponsors so you aren't caught off guard when your partner or sponsor asks for advertising space or inclusion on an event initiative. Uh, 
Next is identify the real decision maker. It's important to know who to talk to so you don't end up repeating your pitch or counting on a partnership that falls through because your contact lacked the authority to build that relationship. Some businesses defer such decisions to their marketing teams, while others may require you to climb the ladder to the executive level. Next, make sure their business complements your vision. If you're running an animal rights event, you aren't going to partner with Purdue. Seek partners with a business vision that matches your event vision to ensure a more enthusiastic relationship. This also allows you to push forward with your event without angering or repelling any attendees by, represent, by presenting a conflicting message. And next up, know when to ask. Most businesses plan out their major sponsorships before the start of their coming fiscal year. If you're seeking corporate sponsorship, it's important to make inquiries well ahead of time to ensure you're on their radar when the time comes. And that last one is so very important. Say you're wanting to do something for Christmas or ask for sponsorship and or donations from um, you know, large companies, uh, then you'll want to have that request in no later than I would get a head start and do August, but definitely by October, because after that point, they already know they, they, you know, they make a decision on who they're going to give to or donate to for Christmas. So if you're thinking about that, then you're not going to want to ask in November or December because you've just missed the mark. So again, um, I would get it in by August, but some may take it through um, the beginning of October and then they make their final decisions um, moving forward from there. Next is develop your event branding. You have your goals, you have your budget, and you have your team. Now it's time to start the fun stuff. What is your event name? What's the theme of the event? Do you have a logo? What's the color scheme and overall aesthetic you're looking for? Most of this should be handled by your promotions coordinators within the team. If you're on a strict budget, creating branded materials, especially for online marketing, can have little to no impact on your spending if you use the right tools. Graphic design tools like Canva, PictoChart, and Pixel, and GIMP offer some, if not all, of their services for free. Some come with pre-made templates to make the process even easier. When making graphics and other marketing materials, optimize for each marketing outlet. Social platforms don't follow a universal image size. And if you get it wrong, your image can be cut by dimension um, limits or render poorly. Uh, so keep this little, uh, <laughs> I was gonna say cheat sheet, but you're, you know, I have the cheat sheet. <laughs> so what you'll have to do is just keep this podcast close at hand and refer back to it, as I said before. So with Facebook, um, I found that 1200 PX by six, three, uh, 630 PX works. Twitter, it's 440 PX by 220 PX. Instagram, it's 1080 PX by 1080 PX. And Pinterest, 
is 222px by 150px. Next up is develop and deploy your event marketing campaign. Okay, your basic mechanisms are in place, right? It's time to start raking in those attendee registrations. There are multiple ways to market your event to potential attendees, and each appeals to specific generations. Traditional marketing methods such as cold calls and mailings are best suited for older prospects. Research shows that millennials are inclined to answer your calls or run to the post office to mail their responses. Often digital marketing strategies are the most useful in our technology-driven age. Nearly everyone has a cell phone, 92% of American adults do, and a social media profile of some kind, 81% of Americans do. Based on these figures alone, Event planners, new and old, should focus on the digital marketing realm in 2019 and beyond. Digital marketing avenue, such as social media, lets you break down your social media marketing options by platform and examine the best age range to reach using that platform, post optimization guidelines, and some suggestions on the best places and ways to post on each. For instance, Facebook, best for marketing to attendees aged 18 to 49. Best practices, join and post in groups relevant to your event theme, whether it's political, environmental, business-oriented, technology-focused, or otherwise. Use visuals to make your posts as appealing as possible, both static, um, static images and videos. Post at least twice a day on your Facebook page to maximize engagement. Facebook's algorithm changes have virtually eliminated organic reach for business pages. So invest a portion of your marketing budget in boosting posts and creating ads for your events. Next, Twitter. Best for marketing to attendees aged 18 to mid-20s. Best practices, limit hashtags to two per post. Use keyword research tools like Keyhole and hashtagify.me to ensure reach and popularity. Send out no more than three tweets per day. Use GIF and images in your tweets to increase engagement. And so when we come back on the other side of the break, we'll let you know what the best practices are if you are advertising on Instagram. And we so appreciate you today for listening. And we are thankful to have all of our listeners and followers here. So keep the dial on TogiNet Radio. And on the other side of the break, we will come back and talk about the one-hour podcast topic, Effective Event Planning.
My name is Jack, and you're listening to my mom on the Lisa Lewis Show. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the Million Dollar Mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back, all of my movers and influencers. Thank you so much for keeping the dial here on Net Radio. Today is Thankful Thursday here on the Lisa Lewis Show, and I'm your host, Lisa Lewis. And we are also very thankful to have you listeners and followers with us today. Also, check out any of our um, previous podcasts by heading over to iTunes and search the Lisa Lewis Show and download those as we know that you are busy and always on the go. So the topic of this one-hour podcast today is effective event planning. And so we were talking before the break about uh, the best practices for um, Facebook. Uh, We covered Twitter, and so now we are on Instagram. Uh, Instagram is best for marketing to attendees aged 18 to 34. The best practices is to post at least once per day on Instagram. Adopt a the more the merrier mindset on using hashtags on Instagram. Be sure to use different hashtags with each Instagram post in order to avoid an Instagram shadow ban. Digital Marketing Avenue um, Content Marketing. This is my specialty and my day job, so to speak. Content marketing is the creation of online materials to share and promote a brand, in this case, your event, through videos, blogs, and social media posts. Content marketing is a great way to attract attendees and talk up the benefits of attending your event. Your content should be useful and relevant to your event, whether it's how-to guides or resource lists. But it isn't as easy as cranking out a few blog posts and watching the attendees roll in. Building it doesn't mean that they will come. An effective content marketing strategy requires commitment and optimization. Work on your search engine optimization, which is better known as SEO. While it's great for readers and attendees to discover your content through social media, relying on Facebook and Twitter is becoming less and less effective due to drastic algorithm changes. To combat combat this, you need to establish yourself and your event in search engine results, such as Google, Bing, and the like. How can you do this? 
the magic of SEO. Here are five key actions to optimize your content so it performs well in search engine results. So first stop is produce content on a regular basis. That's what we talked about earlier. Whether you opt for blog posts or YouTube videos, it's important to establish a regular publishing schedule. Producing content regularly shows Google that you are a consistent and reliable source of information, leading to higher search engine rankings. Once, twice, three times a week, it's up to you. But be consistent and let your audience know when they can expect new content from you. Next, keep your content on topic. Google uses web crawlers to evaluate your content. Juxtapose it to the promise of the headline and make sure it delivers on that promise. If your content doesn't deliver, your low search rating will reflect that. Next, conduct keyword research. Using high search volume and low competition keywords is the key to a high ranking on Google's search results page. But your keywords need to be relevant to the promise of your content. If you need help finding keywords to target, use tools like Google's Keyword Planner tool and KeywordTool.io. Next, link internally. Linking to relevant content on your website or channel helps decrease your bounce rate. The percentage of visitors that leaves your site after visiting only one page. The longer a visitor spends on your website, the more likely they are to convert, which means they'll register for your event. Next is seek out guest posting opportunities. It's important to establish relationships with other outlets that are relevant to your event. Guest posting is a great way to do that, and it gives you the opportunity to increase event exposure and drive traffic to your event website. More exposure means a wider range of potential attendees. Wide exposure from other sources also tells Google that your content is useful and relevant based on how often your links are referenced. Next up is determine your tech needs. Technology is necessary to facilitate a successful event. You know this. Your team knows this. But what exactly do you need? Um, so I have put together um, three tech types you'll need at your event, along with a few experimental options to consider. First up is registration software. Once potential attendees start seeing event advertisement and notices, you need a system in place to handle their sign-up. Make sure your website has a sign-up field for attendee registration and a data collection system to store and manage all those registrations. Most event management software options provide registration functionality, but if your existing software system lacks registration features, you'll need to procure event registration software. The five highest rated options um, for event registration directories um, I found have been Configio, FBO Tickets, Arlo Training and Event Software, Ticket Tailor, and Reg Fox. Fox, I'm sorry, Reg Fox. 
Each has a five-star rating and more than 50 user reviews. Next is your AV equipment. If you want your audience to hear what's going on and remain engaged during your event, you need some equipment. Specific needs will vary by event, but most events require some combination of the following. Microphones, projectors, speakers, soundboards, and lighting. lighting. If you don't have this equipment on hand, check with the venue to see if they have anything you need. If they don't, check with local music and equipment rental stores. Communication equipment. If you're hosting a large event, seamless communication is essential. Communication equipment doesn't have to be expensive or cost anything at all. If you're strapped for cash, set up a designated event chat using platforms with mobile apps such as Slack or Google Hangouts. If money isn't an obstacle, check with local stores for walkie-talkies and headset uh, rentals. Miscellaneous technology. Um, you can use RFID. This technology uses Bluetooth to simplify ticketing by allowing attendees to use mobile devices to pay for and enter an event. 360-degree video. Provide guests who couldn't attend with an immersive video experience that gives viewers control of what they see. And beacons. Beacon technology uses Bluetooth and mobile devices to allow ticketing, payment, and event mapping. Next on the list is identify and hire other vendors. We talked about that earlier in the hour. We're in the home stretch. Your team is collaborating smoothly. You have all of your equipment and event registrations are rolling in. Now you need to lock in the rest of your vendors. Your event might require unique vendors, but most events need, at minimum, some form of catering and entertainment. Next on our list is catering. Survey registered attendees to find out what their tastes are and if you need to make any special food accommodations. There are multiple free survey tools that can help you gather this feedback. Now that you know what kind of food you plan on having at your event, it's time to go searching for a caterer. Websites like Yelp and even Google's own uh, reviews section provide insight into the quality of all types of businesses, including caterers. Build your shortlist of caterers to contact and negotiate the best price for your event. Entertainment speakers. There are a few steps you should take when booking musicians, entertainment, and or guest speakers for your event. Number one, survey your attendees to see what piques their, what piques their interest. Number two, contact the agent or booking manager to determine associated fees and individual needs. Speaker bureaus can facilitate this process as well. And number three, book the flight, transportation, and make necessary lodging arrangements. And this is so important. Sometimes uh, speakers are willing to um, pay for their own lodging, or some are willing, you know, some will let you know if they want to stay at a four-star or better hotel. Um, some will let you know if they'll just use Uber or if they need a car service. So it's best to talk that out with the 
uh, with the speaker themselves or their agent if they is you know or their assistant. Next up is the final preparation. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel, right? But we're not quite there yet. Event week is here, and it's time to set everything up. Give it one last glance and host the darn thing, right? What to do before the event. Number one, call participating vendors to double check on equipment, catering, and sponsors. Number two, check in with the venue owners and managers to confirm the date and time everything will be ready to begin setup. Number three, test all of your equipment as it arrives at the venue. Number four, set up your ticketing system for guest check-in. Number five, create a final schedule handout. Number six, prepare swag bags with vendor materials. Number seven, set up a volunteer management system to track shifts and responsibilities if you're bringing on extra help. Once the event starts, lock in your overseer role. Manage your guests, their needs, and your staff, but not on a granular level. Focus on the experience and facilitating a smooth operation. Trust in the prep work you've done and the team you've assembled. After the break, we'll talk more about um, post-event, uh, what to do, and additional resources. And then uh, if we have time, then I will go over how to streamline your budget for events because that's so important. As we talked about earlier, no money, no event unless you can uh, get people together to put in donations or volunteer things for free and borrow um, equipment like tables or speakers or laptops or projectors. So on the other side of the break, we will finish out the topic of this one-hour podcast, which is effective event planning. So stay tuned. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years. 
and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Welcome back, all of my movers and influencers. Today is Thankful Thursday here on the Lisa Lewis Show, and I'm your host, Lisa Lewis. And the topic of the hour of the podcast is effective event planning. And we are just about done with that. We have went over a plethora of things, including how to um, put together a great team, how to deploy and execute your event marketing campaign, as well as developing your event branding. And then we also went over how to identify and engage event partners and sponsors. Then we uh, uh, went over choose your venue and the date. That's so important, (laughs) right? And then we talked about how to create an event budget. And then we also spoke on putting your team together and uh, develop a vision for your event. That is so important. That's at the top of the chain uh, as we move uh, through the process of event planning. And next, we're going to talk about different ways to cut down on your event budget. Uh, A lot of times I know that people, you know, you want to put together a, a, a great party, right, or a great event. However, the budget is just not there. So, Um, If you have someone in your family or in your circle of influence that maybe know how to DIY, that is very crucial, Um, especially if you tell them early enough before the event. You know, you don't want to call someone two weeks before the event if you can help it. If you've known about the that you wanted to do the event four months ago, you wouldn't want to call them two weeks or a week and say, you know, can you make me a thousand whatever baskets? You want to give them enough advance warning. Um, However, though, try to find people who can DIY or you can DIY maybe a lot of the things. Um, Also, you can go to, um, you know, some of the stores that uh, Dollar Tree uh, and get things for a dollar that maybe aren't as significant. and then, but things that you do not want to um, go cheap on, right, would be uh, having fresh flowers if it calls for flowers, such as a wedding. You'll want to have fresh flowers and maybe you want to cut somewhere else. Like maybe you might not want to have booze there, you know, liquor. And that way you can have your flowers and also um, to have an, a great cake. You want to make sure that you go and, um, you know, if you're not familiar with the cake company that you're using, uh, and even if you are, that you go do a cake test to the specific cake that you want for that event, especially for weddings. You don't want to get there the day of and be shocked <laughs> about the cake. So you want to do your cake testing, um, uh, you know, uh, before the before the event. Um, Another thing is that you want to have good food. So, you know, 
um, pick a genre of food that you know that you can um, afford to have and not run out of. So that's another thing that I found. Running out of food is not a good thing unless you're having an event, event, uh, like a meetup, and you say, you know, hors d'oeuvres or whatever will be served, you know, until they run out. But, you know, if you're having a sit-down, something, um, you know, formal, such as a wedding, you want to make sure that you do have, uh, you know, enough food there. So I would say that the key things for the wedding would be, um, you know, food, having fresh flowers, and um, also the cake. And so maybe you might want to maybe not have the dress be so expensive, so you can allow for those other key things that I just spoke about. So uh, there's plenty of ways that you can um, cut down on your event budget. And excuse me. So we're going to talk about that uh, right right now about pinching pennies. And so I have a list of the best strategies for you to use to cut down your event budget without feeling nickel and dimed. One is be flexible. Sometimes it can be as simple as using what's provided to you for free, right? Opt for the standard white linens included by your convention venue instead of renting a particular color. You can always bring in color with table displays and centerpieces. Your guests likely won't care what the chair they're sitting in for a big meeting looks like as long as it's decently comfortable so you don't need to spring for the stylish option. You can also use or produce items that will see you through more than one event. Think folders with just your company logo without a date or location to save money. Or reuse pieces like directional signs and display materials to stretch your investment. Next is look for package deals. It may seem that shopping around for the cheapest deals in each expense category, such as catering, tables, and chairs, and space is a way to save money. Not always so. Your venue might also be able to supply your your equipment or even food and beverage and cut you a deal because you're using so many of their services. Mandatory in-house catering, though, can sometimes be a tactic for increasing your bill without giving you an option of going elsewhere. So do your diligence, your research. Also, you might want to stack your event with volunteers. Volunteers are a great way to add manpower to your event without adding cost. You will have to invest your time to properly train volunteers, and they need to have quick access to someone at the management level for questions or in case something goes wrong. Volunteers are a better fit for some events than for others. If you need someone with a particular skill set like bartending, someone to look after valuables, or someone to run complicated technology or machinery, hiring a professional is the way to go. Think about the off-season. Did you know plenty of wedding venues cut their prices in half during the winter? You can get deals on spaces and other amenities by choosing less popular dates and seasons for events, as long as they don't largely inconvenience your guests. Hotel rooms are also cheaper during the week than on Friday and Saturday nights. Do keep in mind that some dead zones, like the last weeks of August, 
are that way for a reason. You don't want to plan a conference at the same time as most of the big players are on family vacation. Also, don't travel far or at all. A conference doesn't have to be somewhere exotic. Sure, it might sound nice to ship the company to sunny Florida, but if you're going to spend, be spending 95% of your time in a hotel and meeting rooms, the locale will be lost on attendees. There's nothing wrong with a staycation. If it makes sense, pick a place that's close by, which will cut down on transportation and lodging costs. For events where guests would like uh, would have to travel long distances, like internationally, consider the virtual option. Check out these uh, tips uh, for meeting, um, for making, I'm sorry, virtual meeting successes. Uh, you could do a hybrid uh, event with a mix of live and digital guests. So that is something that is um, great to consider. Next is cut down on catering. Food and beverages don't have to be such a large expense if you're opening open to straying from traditional trappings. Don't be afraid to think outside the box. Instead of paying more servers to pass hors d'oeuvres during cocktail hour, allow your guests to seek out stations if they're hungry. You can skip the multiple course, plate at dinner in favor of a buffet. Your attendees will welcome the freedom to choose their meal. Think about the kind of food to serve too. Black tie fare isn't necessary for casual events and lunch doesn't have to mean deli sandwiches. Change it up. A baked potato bar can be a crowd pleaser and vegetarian. Cupcakes are a frugal alternative to a fancy decorated big cake. Plus they're cute and you can get a range of flavors. Or food trucks can show off local culinary flair while being delicious and cost effective. And don't waste money on swag guests don't want. <laughs> this is so true. I don't know if you've ever been to uh, events such as weddings and the swag is just left behind. <laughs> People, you know, they don't even come back from the dance floor to retrieve them. And you've, and, you know, you've put so much thought into you know, ordering these things and monogramming them. And a lot of times that is just a pure waste. So unless you want a lot of that stuff, which you probably won't, it will be disposed of, thereby throwing your money to kind of down the trash, <laughs> would you say? So, um, you know, you, you want to be specific on that. So less is more when it comes to goodie bags. No one needs another ballpoint pen with a logo on it. So think carefully about what you'll send your guests home with. Remember, if it's not something you'd be excited to get at an event, it's not worth including at yours. And next up is ask for help. Sponsors can be an enormous help in financing events, especially large-scale ones. Don't be afraid to reach out to businesses. Local ones are more likely to feel they have a stake in your event and ask what they can do. A contribution doesn't have to be in the form of a check, though. A sponsor in the office supply industry could provide you with those notebooks to give to guests, or a caterer could donate services in exchange for the chance to give out business cards to diners. 
and always remember to negotiate. <laughs> I've never been scared to haggle, and neither should you. In almost all circumstances, when you ask for a lower price, the worst that can happen is someone says no, and then you're in no different a place than if you hadn't asked. The best case scenario saves you money, so from a risk versus reward perspective, it only makes sense to negotiate. And also, you want to pay attention to what you're spending. Take control of your destiny. You've made your budget, so now is the time to follow it. Keep track of your expenses as many items can pop up that you weren't accounting for. And the conclusion is um, to cut down on your budget is just make sure that your team is on point and that you're in sync and that you have a plethora of meetings throughout the process of planning these events, especially weddings. And also, if you want to save, then you can always get a day of coordinator. So if you've planned out your wedding because you can't afford to hire, you know, someone like me, a wedding planner, then you can do a day of coordinator, and that will save you a plethora of money. You know, I haven't had to walk, walk through the process with you for a year and a half. I only have to show up on the day of and make sure that everything is ex ex executed. So, of course, that's going to be a less expense. So, here on the Lisa Lewis Show, we provide a huge platform for movers and influencers such as yourself to have a voice, visibility, and value. So, connect with us and we'll get you on the radio or an ad space. And remember, when you bring us your business, we'll bring it to radio. It's Thursday. It's time to join Lisa Lewis from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Central Standard Time as we continue to explore key strategies that will provide a mind shift as well as a movement to become a game changer on this planet. Also, we provide the show archives on iTunes for all of our movers and influencers.